Hello, and welcome to Game of Thrones, the podcast where I, Emily Bateman, finally start watching Game of Thrones to see what all the fuss is about. Season 2! I am stoked to have made it to Season 2 after a brief hiatus. I'm very excited to get to Episode 1 of Season 2, The North Remembers, with Jordan Blair, who has the loveliest voice I have ever heard and had the pleasure of speaking to. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to explain some upcoming changes. So some of you that do know me in person know that Chase, my husband, and I are moving to Japan in September. We're currently in the process of trying to sell our house and have a lot to do before we move. So I've decided to change the schedule a bit and we'll be releasing an episode once a month until we slash I get settled in Japan in the fall. Otherwise, nothing is changing. I just wanted to be open and honest while still continuing the podcast. So without further ado, here is episode one of season two with Jordan Blair. So for the first episode of Season 2, The North Remembers, I have Jordan Blair joining me today to talk about it. How are you? I'm good. How are you? So before we get into it, since this is your first time that I'm talking to you about Game of Thrones, I want to know your background with the show. How did you get into it? When did you start? That kind of thing. Yeah, well, I was kind of similar to you. My husband was like super into it, and I would walk into the room when he was watching it and see like boobs and torture. And I was just like, nope. And (laughs) (laughs) it took, it took so much coaxing and he finally got me into it. I don't know. It had to have been like season five or something like that, where I finally like broke down. I was like, all right, fine. I got to watch this. Oh, wow. And um, I kind of binged it for like a month. And that was like all we did was watch that on our in our spare time. And um, I ended up really liking it. <laughs> but <laughs> once once you get past the gore and the torture and the rape, like it's so good. <laughs> yeah, you know, besides all the horrible parts of it. Um, did it take many episodes for you to get into it or you were pretty quickly uh, involved? Honestly, I was like kind of into it by the end of like episode one. I was like, okay, like I can get behind this. This is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'm just going to put on my big girl pants and watch the shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. I think a lot of people were like that as far as they didn't have to trudge through it. They just were pretty, pretty hooked the first time. Mm -hmm. So this is a new season. So this is exciting. Oh, yeah. Uh, watching the season recap though was exhausting like I did not remember like and I just finished the last the season finale like a couple days ago and I'm like oh my gosh all of that happened and I'm sure they didn't even cover half of it like that's so insane yeah it's pretty crazy watching the season one recap and it just seems like a lot happens but I mean really a lot happens in every episode in almost every scene And so I'm actually impressed that they can do these like two minute recaps or four minute recaps. (laughs) Yeah. And actually make it concise and and make sense and make it relevant to the whatever episodes coming. Yeah. Because my notes are usually like five pages long when I'm watching something, when I'm watching one of the episodes. So it's it's very impressive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll just get into it. Um, So we start in King's Landing. And we have two knights fighting. One of them is the Hound. And you find out that it's Joffrey's name day. What is that? Is that a birthday? 
Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like it's, it's their version of like a birthday. Like it's the day he was like given his name, I'm sure, or something to that effect. I'm probably like super off base here, but I'm just going to like infer from the clues that I have that it's the day he was given his name. (laughs) That's fair. And yeah, unless they wait a long time to name a child in this made up land, then yeah, that would make sense. I don't know. I don't know. But apparently it's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. And they, they just kind of like get right to the violence. They're just like, here we go, Game of Thrones. <laughs> We're gonna yeah, see like, some blood. <laughs> I know. I thought, I don't know why, I thought the guy that had fallen that was fighting the hound like was okay. Like, he was, I did too. He, and then they drag him away from all this blood. I was like, there was not blood when he fell. Normally I people thought like explode. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, oh, he's fine. He'll walk it off. And then they drag him away and there's just like a literal like, <laughs> vat of blood just like pooling around him i was like wait a second wait 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 there's no way yeah he was wearing armor i don't i'm i don't know that was too much but of course they fine. Gotta, i don't know yeah they gotta start the season like you set off uh with the bang so we've got a dead guy mm-hmm. and um we've got an almost other dead guy which is this drunk guy that shows up oh ready to fight and then they just start funneling wine, like to yeah. drown him in wine. Is that what it was like? Yeah, because, you know, Joffrey just being like the worst, you know, he's just like, oh, yeah. Have have you uh, been drinking, sir? And he's like, oh, like, one or two glasses, majesty. <laughs> and, and King Joffrey's just like, oh, well, you know, it's a day of celebration. Why don't you have more wine? And... As soon as he said that, I was like, fucking Joffrey. Like, this is going to be <laughs> the worst. And I was just like, God, what's going to happen to this guy? Like, what is going to happen? And, you know, you just know it's going to be bad with Joffrey. You know? You know. He's just the absolute worst. And, yeah. So they, for some reason, like, he just kind of, like, gives a little wink, wink, nod, nod to his guards. And they just, like... <laughs> start drowning the guy with wine i don't know <laughs> no it was, it was crazy and like even uh i think you see sansa's face and she's like oh no like no don't wait hold on and yeah. uh and she actually saves him by saying oh it's bad luck to kill a guy in your name day and he's like nope you're making this shit up and then the hound's like uh yeah she's i don't know if it's really true or he just decided to agree with her but either yeah, way the hound is such like an interesting character i mean you just don't know what his intentions are i mean you just don't he's such a great character to me the hound is just kind of like the snape like you just he's so great oh okay i know i know you know what i'm talking about like he's no no yeah because he he's not a good guy he's an inherently bad guy but he does these little things for example like when you were talking about the final episode of season one when Sansa is about to like just push Joffrey off of that yes and he just kind of like stops her but it seems like he's stopping her for the handkerchief but like you know he like saw what she was thinking Mm -hmm. he he has these like weird things like that and you just I don't know he's a very great character to me he's very interesting I don't know whether I like him or don't yeah yeah 
I'm torn about his past and I'm sure what he's done, but I really, I really find him interesting. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I want to figure out what he's about. (laughs) Yeah. Bringing it back just a little bit, like just rewinding a little bit here. um, The part where Sansa kind of interjects and she's like, you can't when he's doing that to the guy to me between that and also her kind of mouthing off to him when they are up on that ledge in the season finale of season one, I feel like you're starting to get like these little nudges of Sansa just starting to sort of betray herself a little bit in that she's kind of done with Joffrey's shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. She's starting to like speak out against him regardless of the repercussions and she catches herself, but it's very interesting to see her just kind of move over from this, you know, he can do no wrong. I love him so much and I'm going to be a queen someday to this, this kid's an asshole. Like he needs to be put in his place kind of mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. She's basically a 180 from what she was and it's not like she's gotten any older, like, physically but her maturity is just like she she's like twice as old as she was you know when all this started emotionally and yeah she's yeah exactly betraying herself and everything that she wanted before is Mm -hmm. is completely the opposite now yeah i mean it's it seems like i mean she's basically vacant like she's dead inside (laughs) like yeah And maybe to her, you know, she feels like she has nothing left to lose, but she's also still kind of playing that game. It's really interesting. Yeah, there's so many politics. So she's picking and choosing when to say something and when to not. Because later, or like in in the next minute, Tyrion arrives and he says he's sorry for her loss. And Joffrey's like, why the fuck would you be sorry? Like, she's fine. He was a Mm -hmm. traitor. And then she spouts off some like clearly practiced bullshit that oh, you know yeah. she's loyal and her family are traitors and this is where she's supposed to be and then like Tyrion legitimately he looked sad that she was saying that yeah it was interesting it's it's kind of like I mean Tyrion seems to be a very observant guy and you get the feeling that he saw through that that it was just this rehearsed thing that she has to say to survive mm-hmm. you know oh yeah completely and he was being like he didn't push but he's like oh i think yeah i can't remember what he said but he said something to that effect like um oh, i don't remember what he said to her afterwards I don't but he, yeah but it was something like yeah where you could tell he knew that she didn't truly feel that way and obviously like she's just trying to protect herself at this point because that's all she's got mm-hmm. yeah but let's see. So yeah, so Tyrion arrives and Joffrey is confused and he seems a little less confident when his <laughs> uncle appears. He's like, yeah. why are you here? Like, you're not, get away. Like, I'm the king now. And he's like, sure you are, but, you know, I've got stuff to do. And he's like, why the fuck are you here? And he just walks away. Yeah, Joffrey almost seemed like a little intimidated by Tyrion. Which is super interesting. Like it was, it was almost like Tyrion was like the rain on his parade, you know, (laughs) just come come swooping in like Johnny Raincloud, like ruining all his fun, killing people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, well, there's an adult here that isn't my mother and maybe we'll, you know, because in the past Tyrion's hit Joffrey. So he knows that like, He's not going to take his shit, I think. Well, yeah. And Cersei kind of has the mothering thing where she doesn't really stand up to Joffrey at this point, you know. 
so he can just kind of trample all over her. And so someone actually shows up who's going to put him in his place, which is exactly why he was sent there too, was to rein him in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So then we go to the small council, which now is Cersei and the other guys. And then Tyrion just comes in whistling for his new position. And again, nobody knows why he's there. So good too. (laughs) Such a good entrance. (laughs) Oh, the whistling it just gets me every time. And oh, I know who it, yeah. exactly who it is. I'm like, this is perfect. Um, so yeah, he has a letter from his father and Cersei is pissed that he's there. Yeah. <laughs> she, she just like, everybody out, all of you. <laughs> yeah, she like basically has like this like, I don't know, like housewife tantrum, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just throws her line across the room. I don't know. But she just, I don't know. Yeah, she just, she kind of loses her shit, which is funny because that's kind of the same reaction that Joffrey had <laughs> now that I yes. think about it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, except one of them threw, you know, yeah, one of them yelled and one of them didn't. But yeah, both of mm-hmm. them are pissed that he's there to ruin whatever they're trying to get done. Mm-hmm. And... Let's see. They talk about why he's there, and oh, and then you find out that they re- um, Tyrion's talking about oh, you have the two girls and bartering for peace oh, and everything. And Cersei's like, oh, we lost Arya, and he's like, oh my god, you had three Starks and now you only have one to trade for your brother. What the fuck? Yeah, and I think that like his interaction with her is like the point of really like you can just see it on her face it's the point of realization that she has lost control of her kingdom like she has like lost absolute control of her son she's lost control of the war she's lost control of her situation she always seems so poised and she's got that like smirk on her face all the time and he just basically came and like mopped that smirk off of her face he was just like, you have one job to do, lady. Just. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, he even said, well, you know, now you're the disappointing child because you fucked everything up. Like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just, yeah. How do you put it? He was just like, how does it feel to be the disappointing one? Oh, yes. my God. Oh, my God. It was. That was amazing. Oh, mic drop. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> basically they change scenes after that you know the close-up on her face and then they're like next scene we're gonna leave it at that yeah like oh boy that was that was really good yeah yeah that was finally someone can put her in her place and it's her brother Tyrion being like the really smug one for once yes oh my gosh it's so good so yeah so then at that cut we go to Winterfell and Bran, as the Lord of Winterfell, is listening to people complain, basically, about things that are happening and what he has to control or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Bran is mad that this guy was complaining about all the men going to fight a war. Because he has, like, a wall to be built. <laughs> yeah, and, like, all the young men are gone fighting for this war. And Bran's like, they took my fault. Like, there's a reason for this. Like, why are you being a dick? Um, and then they're like, oh, we'll we'll give you some people. Is that okay? And he's like, yes. And we're like, okay, like, why are you being such a dick about this? 
Yeah, it was it was a little interesting. Like, really, there's there's nobody to help you build that wall. And Bran was doing this thing that just like, oh, sent shivers down my spine. He, I don't know if you saw this when he was like just kind of bored, like listening to the guy whine. He was peeling at the wood on the table with his fingers and making like sawdust with his fingernails oh no i didn't notice that oh my gosh i just uh, i've pictured every time i've ever gotten like a sliver like in my nail like oh i don't know it was just it was a thing i don't know i'm probably the only one that noticed it but it just drove me bonkers watching that no i mean that is like one of my notes from this scene is I feel like he's going to become bitter. So yeah, that's like some sort of nervous tick or, or anxious or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, really like, why wouldn't he become bitter and kind of angsty, you know, like mm-hmm. his dad got beheaded. He's a cripple. He keeps having these weird ass dreams. Like, yeah. And he's the Lord of Winterfell right now. Like he's in charge essentially. <laughs> yeah. And he's like way too young for it too. You know, he's got, I can't even imagine being like that age and being expected to lord over something. It would just, that's a lot of pressure on him. So he's probably justified in his anger. Oh yeah. He's, yeah, he's definitely in a rough spot and nobody, I mean, besides the Maester Lewin, like he's got nobody else. So it's, it's rough. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has like Hodor and Osha, but I mean, they're adults too. And his weird like little brother that just kind of like, Oh my gosh. Nope. Don't. Yeah. Not a fan of him. Creepy child. Number one. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. He just, just pops up. Randomly with his scary ass dog. Um, I don't even know if he like furthers the plot or anything. Like he's just there. Everyone <laughs> that I've talked to like does not care about him. Says he does nothing. Like they don't do much with him. I'm like, why is he even here then? It's just, I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, and it's been like so long since I've watched like season two. Like, I don't, I honest to God, like, there's just so many characters in this freaking show that, like, he obviously did not make an impression because he's just like around. He's just, I don't know. He's just hanging out like a fruit fly in Winterfell. <laughs> just kind of like buzzing around people's ears every now and then, and then they swat him away. <laughs> yes, nobody's watching him. No. Um, <laughs> that would be crazy watching the youngest child that's there so let's see next we we get another dream but it's not a raven one it's a wolf one where he sees a comet which but it's odd because i thought wolves and dogs didn't see in color so is that is it significant that he was seen in color in his dream ah you know i don't know i don't know and i honestly We'll talk about this comet in a little bit here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It comes up a lot in this episode. Yes, it does. <laughs> but the the whole dream thing, like, honestly, even my second time watching it, I was just like, not sure what this is here for. <laughs> I don't know. And maybe I'm just so dense that I don't, like, get it. I don't get the symbology. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't understand the dream to go see the comet because they could have just gone out, Osha, Hodor, and Bran to see the comet and then, you know, hypothesize why it's there. And then Osha just says, stars don't fall for men. It has nothing to do with anyone and their future or whatever because people can interpret it different ways. And she said, comets mean dragons. And Bran's like, whatever. No, it doesn't. There are no dragons. So. 
whoops cut to the dragons <laughs> I literally cue dragons yes yeah. I, <laughs> exactly yeah oh they yeah they're doing good cuts this time um mm-hmm. so yeah so there we've got daenerys's camp or people whatever walking around and i don't even know if that's considered a camp anymore that's just a gathering know. of people <sighs> Yeah, a gaggle. Followers, a cult, maybe. <laughs> a death of death, Dothrakis. Oh, I can't oh say that. <laughs> a murder of Dothraki? That's what it is, a murder. <laughs> like crows, yeah. Yeah, I was stuck on the uh, alliteration. Oh, there. that would be better, but yeah. A death of Dothrakis, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, she's got, now she's got cages for the dragons, and they're not eating. Um... So I thought she was going to give them a horse, but then I found out that the horse horse that fell is the white horse from the wedding that matched her hair. So it's a, we can't, we can't, we can't do anything with that. It's a sign. I mean, it seemed like really interesting timing where the girl's just like, what do they eat? And she's like, I don't know. And then the horse just like keels over and I'd be like, "Hmm? worth a try. Yep. I thought that's what was going to happen, but nope, it's, it's the wedding horse and we can't do that. No, um, that's a sentimental horse. It is, but it, I mean, it's dead now, so I don't, I don't know. Might as well. But, I know, uh, I know where you lie on the uh, Donner Party argument then. Oh, I mean, <laughs> whatever happens, happens. Like, you know, it, it, you know? <laughs> um, let's see. So then they're trying to... Because they're, they're trying to cross a desert, right? Yeah. Yeah, so she... It, I mean, it was kind of unclear. So she's sending men in different directions to find out how far the desert is. The only weird thing about this uh, scene was when she was talking to Jorah and he said, you will be their strength. And then she says, as you are mine. And I was like, no! That I don't Get like that. You know, I, I don't did know. 180 on him, and I like I was like, he's fine. And then I, now I'm like, I don't, I don't like the way you're talking to her. I don't know. I'm not usually into like older men, but like if Jorah Mamont <laughs> like were to say that to me, I might be like considering. That's fair. <laughs> However, she just had to kill her husband, who was basically a zombie, and then her wedding horse dies. And she's still, like, maybe flirting with this guy? I don't know. I think you've got more going on. It's so hard to tell. And I I don't know if they make that, like, purposefully ambiguous. Like, if she's hit, like, kind of having feelings for him or not like I don't know if they make that purposefully ambiguous or if she really is just like that naive to say something like that because obviously he's giving her sexy eyes like 24 I mean he's giving the audience sexy eyes 24 7 like I could feel it through my tv like just hear panties flying across the desert there I don't know I mean do they do they even wear underwear do we know that just loincloths flying across the desert. 
Um, right. Yeah. And, and this isn't the first time that he said things like this, but she hasn't really addressed it or said any, I mean, this is the closest thing that she said to like, you know, I actually care about you. So, well, yeah. And, and it could very well be just like a completely like paternal kind mm-hmm. of thing, but I don't know. And, you know, maybe that's just the thing is, like, she's still so new to the world. You know, she'd been sheltered by, like, her brother the whole time. I mean, I used sheltered pretty loosely. He was pretty Mm. gross. But, like, um, she'd been, like, sheltered by him, like, her entire life. So maybe she's just, like, really naive about, like, the ways of the world and the way that men work. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. She's only really known her brother and her husband. So, I, yeah, I think it could just be totally naive this guy essentially works for me and he's helping me out and this is great (laughs) yeah and he didn't he give her did he give her the dragon eggs or did he give her books i thought he gave her the books okay well i mean books are very like you know it's not a sexy gift so maybe no definitely not although like the it's the kind of gift that like your teacher or your pastor would give you. <laughs> so Yeah, however, as an English major, if someone gave me books, that would be sexy, but this is a case by case thing, you know. Depends so. on the book. Also that, yeah. Can't be any uh like a cookbook or anything. That's not sexy. Um, let's see. So then we go to Beyond the Wall. And it looks like everyone from the can uh uh, whatever like everyone came like I was surprised that Sam went and the other young guys went um in addition to John I thought it was just going to be John and the other writers yeah I don't know they all went I don't yeah. know why <laughs> it was weird um so we come across this especially since they don't have like that many people at the wall like if something were to happen and like wipe all those guys out I mean right who's still there yeah just, just a bunch of, like, old farts, like, cooking, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess the wall's tall enough that they're like, nobody's going to come. It's fine. Yeah. Really fine. Because <laughs> walls take always the- keep people out. <laughs> yeah. It's so tall. Um, yeah. Let's see. So then they they come across this hut with this, is his name Craster? 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 Whatever. I think it's Craster. Yeah. So is is he a wildling technically? Or is he just a dude? No, I think he's just a dude. I think yeah, I think he's just a dude. Okay. Um so mm. what you f- Oh, god, maybe he is a wildling that lives like I'm only saying that cuz cuz um Mormont said other wildlings have disappeared from that area. So I wasn't sure if he was insinuating that this guy was one. Mm, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, okay. That's going to really throw me off. Real time fact check. Yeah. Cause that, I feel like that's really, Oh, okay. He was a wildling who lived North of the wall in a fortified homestead. Mm-hmm. Rather grandly called Craster's Keep, along with his daughters and wives. Okay, we know all we need to know about him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so he marries his daughters, and then they have more daughters, and it's this vicious cycle that that we find out about. 
And so John has to ask what, what I was thinking, what does he do with his sons? And you don't find out. Here's a fun thing. What do you think is happening with the sons? Um, I kind of figured that they might be like gone off with the other wildlings or something, or I, I didn't imagine him killing them. If he had a son, I thought they'd just be like, he'd be giving them away or like throwing them out of his whatever. Cause he doesn't need them. Um, that's what I imagine, like them going farther yeah. north and pushing them away. Yeah. I mean, he, he does have kind of like an aggressive tendency towards like other men and stuff. So yes. that could very well be. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Um, I, I mean, we don't know, but yeah, he was pretty, pretty, um, aggressive towards John, especially, well, he called him a girl first. But then, like, did not want him talking to any of his daughter wives or, like, looking at them or anyone. Like, yeah, so he's just really threatened by any other man. But, yeah, so clearly doesn't want any other men around him. Yeah, exactly. You know, he saw John and was just like, oh, this guy's a hunk. I'm <laughs> fucked if he, like, tries to get with any of my daughters, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, and- for sure. And so, yeah, he was, like, super aggressive to John. And John didn't do anything. Like, he was just, like, chilling. Like, just being pretty. <laughs> yeah, he walked in there and the guy's like, oh, this one's a girl. And then I think John maybe said one thing and, like, not even retaliation because this guy called him a woman. And then he's like, oh, like, you're on my shit list, basically. Like, don't. I will take your eyes out if you look at one of my daughters. Yeah, he's he's very weird about things. Yeah. So they talk a little bit about Mance Raider, which I feel like I've heard the name last season. And they said he's, uh, whatever his little camp or whatever is where all the wildlings are going because he's the king beyond the wall. But it sounds like he was at the wall and then they said he broke his vows. So I think it's, I mean, from that conversation, it sounds like he was, you know, at Castle Black and left to go rule the wildlings. Yeah, that's That's what what I was getting from that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he's gathering what sounds like a large army and they're saying, oh, it's more than any other king in Westeros because he's... I guess more united and there's more people supporting him than any of the other random people claiming to be king. Yeah, and then and then uh after they talk about that, uh Commander Mormont is pissed at John for talking at all, and then he says, If you want to learn to lead, you have to learn how to follow, which is fair advice. That felt a little aggressive though, didn't it? Like I think only because uh Craster was so aggressive towards John and he was worried that it was going to fuck up like oh yeah whatever was happening so he's just yeah I mean definitely unwarranted for him for uh Craster like attacking John yeah. for no reason but he's like look you just need to like be cool and this guy's important and we have to get information from him so just shut up and sit in the back Craster man Craster just gives me like the absolute 
heebie-jeebies, like pedophile, incestuous heebie-jeebies. Like he is just like the hillbilly north of the wall in just the worst sense. And he he had this like mental masturbation moment with like Vermont where he was just like, yeah, I bet you're so jealous I'm with all these women. And it's just like, dude, it's your daughters. I know. They're prisoners. They have to have sex with you. Like, they don't have a choice. And he's just, like, flaunting it. Ugh. Yeah. That's similar, though, and I can't remember his name, to the guy who played Filch, who, like, does the same thing, essentially. He surrounds himself. But but he he keeps his sons, though. Greyjoy, right? Is it? I thought Greyjoy is Theon, though. I thought it was, it's someone else. I'm like brain farting. I cannot, I'm telling you, there's so many characters. Like, there's oh, just too many. I get them all mixed up. lost. Yeah, but yeah, it's the guy that um, is now, uh, Rob has to marry one of his daughters, and Arya has to oh, marry one of his sons, right. and whatever, whatever. But yeah, he has like that weird moment, like pinching like his daughter's butt or something like that. It's just, oh. Yeah, yeah, they're all like marrying young daughters slash whatever yeah it's just it's weird it's weird but i don't know yeah so there's more people like that apparently and then we go to some random island or something where there's this guy running on the beach and we see melisandre who is like burning these statues of gods because they're she's claiming them to be false gods yeah so those are i mean essentially just like effigies of like the old gods that she's burning okay and then you for the first time we see stannis baratheon who is with her and he pulls this sword from a fire and now he's the (laughs) the warrior of light or something oh my gosh did that not feel like that felt like those like walking on coals exercises where like really anyone could have done it but like it's just really or lying on like a bed of nails like it's just anyone could have done it but it just seems really impressive yeah absolutely as especially once you get further into like this whatever the hell's going on here um, but yeah, it's like anyone could have pulled that sword out because it was already on fire and it would have stayed on fire for anyone. But no, he's the light bringer and and whatever. And, and now our god is the light, basically. And one of my first notes is she's a damn witch. And <laughs> it turns out later that she fucking is. Um, <laughs> but, what? And Give then, it away. <laughs> what? Uh, well, maybe because she keeps saying, for the night is dark and full of terrors, so they're following yeah. the light, and, like, that's their little slogan. It's really weird because she seems super freaking dark, and to be, like, talking about, like, the light and stuff like that, it's it's a really interesting juxtaposition because she is just, like, it seems like really dark magic yeah absolutely she yes if i had looked at her and said what is she you know like i would not say oh she's following the like the light like that just is no doesn't make sense you'd be like she eats children and lives in like the woods in russia like she's (laughs) 
she's she's like as dark as it gets she is just like black magic mm-hmm. like scarlet witch she is she's bad news bears for sure but uh we find out that she is like whispering in stannis's ear or she's like leading him into war and he's just blindly listening to her it sounds like and he's he along with everyone else is claiming to be the rightful king oh god yeah (laughs) and so then they go into this like little meeting after their bonfire and um are they like they're writing a letter to send out to everyone about stannis claiming that he's king yeah yeah um and he's saying that there are no true heirs and he has a claim to the throne although i thought it was interesting that he kept changing what was written about jamie and like say oh he's a knight and you know give him his dues even though like yeah and maybe that's like a thing of like respect you know Mm -hmm. what i mean because he was just like no my brother's trash i fucking hate him he hates me like let's not like split hairs on this like let's just say it how it is and then when he gets to jamie it's almost like he has respect for someone like him yes absolutely yeah he was the only one that he was so focused on like no you know change the oh and he called him the kingslayer like give him his name like this is all this is what he is Mm -hmm. but his kids that he had with his sister are not heirs so the throne is still mine and then he seemed to have known what happened to the last will of Robert. And he said, send copies of this everywhere so that it doesn't get, you know, there's a copy somewhere and it doesn't get torn up and lost. Yeah, he's basically, the way I view it is like a smear campaign. Like they're just going to like post a shit everywhere and like just smear <laughs> Joffrey's and like the Lannister name. Mm-hmm. And it goes pretty far, like, throughout the rest of the episode, people are talking about it. So he does a good job. Yeah. Let's see. And then someone says, that the the older guy, I think, said, the Lord of Light is sworn to him. It said, but the Lord of Light has no ships. And then maybe they're going to argue. But then the older guy, I don't even remember his name because he dies, uh, is, like, <laughs> apologizing. And then he's like, oh, you know, let's let's have a toast. Before that, though, did you see his sly little, like, I'm just gonna, like, pop something into my drink? I think I totally missed that. No. Yeah, probably I, when you were writing, like, your five pages of notes. Probably, <laughs> yeah. I try and pause it, but yeah, I didn't. I mean, I noticed uh, the other guy was like, no, don't. Uh, so I was like, oh, something weird is going to happen. But yeah, I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, so he, like, looks over. I'm forgetting the other guy's name. Uh, I did write it down. Is it? Uh, I'll know it the second I hear it. I have Mathos, but I think that's the guy that was writing the letters. No. Nope, I didn't write down their names. That was bad. I'm looking for it right now. Okay. I'm going to know it like the second I see it too. Oh, Davos is one of them? Davos! Okay, right. Davos! So that was the younger guy with the beard, right? Yeah, the one that like was talking to the kind of like religious dude like mm. out in the stand and he was okay. like, listen, like my allegiance is to Stannis. You know, I don't give a shit if he's into this kooky stuff. So he like looks over at the old guy because he notices him like fiddling with this little like pill thing and he just like whoop, drops like this little thing, pebble of something into his wine mm-hmm. all before this, like during their conversation. So 
go ahead. No, go yeah. On. And then um <laughs> it's super suspicious. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, super suspicious. And then I don't know, was he essentially trying to commit like did he not know that he was gonna die as well, or he was just hoping to kill her with him or You know, honestly, in my opinion, like, I think that he realized that he could not do anything further because he was a man who served the old gods, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the man that he is serving under, Stannis, has left that and gone to the new gods and gone to the Red Woman, essentially, you know, and so he's realizing that there's nothing he can do so i think that it was just one of those like kamikaze like fighter pilot sort of things like he was just like well guess i'm taking her down with me you know yeah okay that that makes more sense because i was like i don't understand like otherwise what he was trying to do but yeah she just waits too long trying to do like murder suicide Got it. Yeah, well, it didn't work because she's a damn witch and she drinks it and she's totally fine. Oh, yeah. Like, holy power move. If anyone ever tries to poison me, like, I hope to God I can, like, just drink the poison and watch them, like, (laughs) writhe in pain until they die. But that won't happen because I'm not a sorceress. (laughs) No, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. Depends on who you talk to. I mean... (laughs) You could, it can be a hobby, maybe. It could be. (laughs) I've got a lot of time on my hands. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Let's see. So then we go to the Stark War camp, and Rob goes to see Jamie, and um, it comes out that they've been dragging him with him. They've been dragging Jamie with them from camp to camp, and Rob says, I don't want to leave you with my men because then they'll all be bribed which like jamie put it do you not trust your men and he's like well i trust them to fight but also like your father is the most powerful and richest man so i wouldn't be shocked if they gave you up (laughs) yeah i mean yeah they're human so (laughs) absolutely yeah and i i think it's interesting that they address that and they weren't like no my men will blindly listen to me and follow me anywhere it's like they're human like i am and i'm just i'm keeping an eye on you because i can (laughs) yeah and then rob's wolf appears and jamie actually seems to be scared of it which well yeah (laughs) i mean yeah but like he wasn't scared of anything else prior to this so this is one of the first times Mm -hmm. i guess he did boast that he did not fear death but maybe he fears torture oh maybe and that wasn't like a hinting hmm that was just my voice going up really high oh no (laughs) (laughs) no no you're good but no, seriously, like, I just, I was wondering if maybe he's, he is kind of afraid of pain. I mean, has he been defeated? Like, he seems pretty unscathed. Yeah, I mean, what is the first episode they mentioned? Oh, your armor is so nice and clean. And it's like, yeah, because I've never lost. And it's like, well, you know, I think Ned was the one that said, well, you've, you've chosen your battles well. So if he's tied up in the start camp yeah he he can't really do anything right now let's see so then rob mentions stannis's letter so we know that it's gotten around 
let's see, uh, Joffrey is neither a king nor a Baratheon. But then, and then they're kind of like, well, is he your son? Like, what's going on? And, and <laughs> Jamie's like, I'm not telling you shit. He's blonde, you're blonde. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that that book of hair colors and basically your <laughs> genetics book, it's, it, it's weird. But yeah, Jamie denies it and Rob doesn't have proof. So it's like, well, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, and you find out that Rob is uh, going to send peace terms to uh, Tywin. Then at the end, and I don't know why they did this, but the wolf goes in and kind of nips at Jamie, but it's very menacing and he looks scared. And I was like, okay, that was like a weird way to, and just <laughs> like, I don't, that one I don't get. It, it's kind of like uh, just having like the last word when you leave like a room in an argument. <laughs> mm, okay. Nope. That makes sense. That's how I read it. Like just kind of a power move. Like, you know, when you're fighting with your spouse and you're just like, I got the last word and then you leave. <laughs> Hey, goodbye that's, door slam yeah the dog's just like and stay out yeah yes and st- yeah that's the ultimate and stay out um mm-hmm. for sure let's see so then we go we're going back to king's landing and fucking shay is here and she's uh, i was so mad because i was why like why is she the worst i don't understand it i don't know we're supposed to like her right i don't we're supposed to be interested i think about her backstory but she is just so I entitled care. i don't either she's got like this like sexy coy thing like i'm super playful and sexy but i'm also like apathetic and i don't give a shit about anything you know screw you if you get in trouble for having me here like let's just bang yeah oh, like, so annoying i can't i'm i yeah i'm concerned yeah no one can know she's there and then Tyrion says oh you know something about the bed one of the many changes we will have to make around here and I was like no don't say we like this is not you can't don't get invested in her I don't I don't trust her and I don't like her Tyrion's first like wife was that prostitute I know so think about it like he probably gets attached if somebody genuinely shows interest in him for his smarts because obviously Shay's not really interested in the riches and stuff I honestly don't think she gives a crap about that but I don't know yeah I think he's just one of those guys that's like ready to like move in together after like the third date yes yeah definitely one of those guys that that uh it's like, oh, you're, you're, yeah, you're showing interest in me for more than one day. Uh, let's go. Let's be together forever. This is great. Yep. <sighs> yep. So I'm worried about that. And then we go to Littlefinger just, you know, prancing around like the guy that he is. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> yep. Another one. Um, and then <sighs> Cersei appears saying, hey, we can't find Arya. Please find her because, you know, we'll pay you. And then... She mentioned something about uh, he, he made his own sigil, which is a mockingbird, which I don't think had mm-hmm. been addressed before. And my notes were, are they flirting? And then I was like, oh, wait, no, because <laughs> then he says, I know about you and Jamie, basically. And then he's fucking seized by the guards. And I was like, oh, this is this turned very quickly. Yeah. Cersei, like, flexes on him tough because what he says there is well knowledge is power (laughs) and she's like oh hell no (laughs) fuck you (laughs) yeah no power is power and i have it and you don't so just standing there like not lifting a finger she 
essentially like makes the guards do the hokey pokey around him you know like she's <laughs> the just murderous like, hokey pokey yep. yeah three steps back turn around close your eyes and mic drop yes and this is is i think this is the first time that cersei really exercises her power because typically I think she's portrayed as just like sitting around drinking wine, like banging family members and being kind of like aloof. Yes. And so this is the first time where she really shows like, oh, I'm not to be like trifled with. Yeah. She's definitely been more behind the scenes uh, previously, but this is, yeah, her first, yeah, showing her power that she's had the whole time, but she, yeah, she's flexing it now. And it basically just took a man to try to cross her. And all of a sudden, she's just like, I will kill you with a snap of my finger. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And then we've got the little kid that I noticed in the beginning was cleaning. And he was like watching the whole time. And I was like, okay, so I'm pretty sure this is a spy for Varys. But cannot be confirmed. But uh, I think it can be assumed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting just having like a kid there. I mean, they... It's really interesting. Like they just show things where you'll notice these, these things, and you're just like, "Why would they show?" Like that's it's really artistic, but like maybe it means something a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Could be. Yeah, that's the closest I've got with that. Um, let's see. Then we go back to the Stark camp, and we've got uh, one of Jamie's cousins, Alton Lannister. He's going to be the one taking the treaty to Tywin. And so Rob's terms are he wants to rule the North, he wants Ned's body, and he wants his sisters. And that's pretty much it. And he's like, all right, take this away. Well, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> no, I think I think those are fairly reasonable demands. I mean, he is, by all accounts, winning, so I think those are good. And then Theon sidles in and is like, well, you know they're not going to take it. And he's like, I don't care. Um, like, this was just, you know, the next step in the game. And Theon is saying that, oh, you know, we need to take King's Landing. You need to get ships. My father has ships. Nudge, nudge. And they rebelled by doing the same thing that we're doing. So it's all good. We're fine. Please, can I go home? (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. He's like, you know, like, you know, your father raised me, but I do have another father and I'd like to go there and we can totally help you. Theon seems like he just like wants a little bit more. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I kind of wonder if him interjecting that is his way of being like, can I please just be a little bit more of use? Like, can I show my worth here? He doesn't really have that with them. Yeah, especially since Rob has kind of stepped up because Rob was kind of for a while his equal. And now Rob is in charge of this entire war. And he's like, well, we're kind of like brothers. But yeah, what I mean, what else am I doing around here? So this is my contribution. Yeah, and Rob's, like, kind of getting a little cocky, like, Mm -hmm. real quick. It's really interesting. Yeah, because when he tells his mother, like, this is a great idea, she's like, no, Balon Greyjoy is not a good ally. And then, yeah, then they go back and forth, like, she just wants her daughters back. And Rob says, now it's more complicated than that. We have to do other things. And and then he says she couldn't even go home. And I it's like, that, uh, I didn't know how I feel about that. That was rough. I don't know, though. Like, I think it also kind of gave her a little bit of feeling of purpose, too. 
Mm. A mother always wants to be needed by her children. And Catelyn Stark is just kind of like the quintessential mother. I, I kind of picture Catelyn Stark as like the Molly Weasley kind of thing. Except not as good. But mm. no one will ever top her. But no. like, I just kind of picture her as that. Like, she's just kind of like the quintessential mother. And she just wants to do what's best for her children. And she'll do anything for them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that though it pained her to stay... I think that she does want to help her son succeed. Yeah, for sure. Because she realizes that, yes, he does need her to go talk to Renly because she's the only one that can do it. And so, yes, she's very much needed. And he promises that, you know, we'll all be together soon, you know. And then she says, oh, you know, your father would have been proud. So they do end on a good note, but there is more tension than there was in the beginning between those two. Yeah, like she's she's not super willing to do that. No, no. But she, yeah, she does it in the hopes that it will hopefully end the war sooner rather than later. Yeah, obviously she doesn't want the war. Well, I don't know. I guess maybe she does now that her husband's been beheaded. <laughs> so Yeah, they did say um, we'll kill them all. But then, yeah, she's kind of flopped to, I just want my daughters back and I just want to be left alone. So maybe since it's taking longer than she thought that she doesn't want it to happen anymore. I don't know. Well, she could also just be getting like kind of impatient for like her children's safety. Her husband's been murdered. And so she really wants her girls like safely in her arms too. So she could be like really impatient about that. And she's got two boys back mm-hmm. in Winterfell too. I mean, boy, yeah, she's in a tough spot right now. Yeah, she's only with one of her five children. So that's hard. Yeah. Okay, so then we go to our last place uh so we're back at king's landing and joffrey is like Cusco-topia of the whole room like <laughs> you know like Cuscoing the whole room the throne room just doing whatever and cersei's oh like oh my god yeah he watched <laughs> too much hgtv over the weekend and just like is <laughs> yes just fixer uppering the house yeah the throne doesn't go with the curtains mm-hmm. yeah we need new curtains uh we need to <laughs> yeah you know take this wall out to give it more light and (laughs) (laughs) we we gotta really open up these walls (laughs) we'll add a window yeah he's focused on the important things here he needs appearances okay now that i say it he needs appearances he needs to appear to be like this really powerful king so i guess redecorating is his way of channeling that Yeah, and it's the only thing he can do because he mentioned, well, you know, the Targaryens were crazy, but they did know, like, how to decorate a throne room, basically. And, like, they were pretty intimidating, so I'm going to emulate their style. (laughs) Got Chip and Joanna Gaines back here. Basically, (laughs) instead of shiplap, we've got murder. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Skulls. I got a skull backsplash back here. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, and then Cersei is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I didn't, why are you doing this? And then she's like, okay, let's focus on some serious things. We can't find Arya, so you need to send people to find her. And he's like, no, I don't. This is all my grandfather's fault because he, you know, lost the battles and whatever. And then he's like, oh, and by the way, I heard this weird rumor about you and my uncle. And I was like, oh, no. What? How could you how do you, how do you even bring that up to your mother that it's like, hey, is my uncle my father? Like, what? Yeah, the way he and the way he brings it up is like so nonchalant. It's gross. Yeah, he's cavalier about it. Like, interesting. I heard that you fucked my uncle and I'm his son. Like, I'm a product of incest. 
that's interesting. Uh, Would explain a lot. Sure. Yeah. He's so matter of fact about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all very like weird and gross. And then you know, Cersei denies it, and but then he, I think he pushes because he's like, well, did my quote father sleep with other women like are there is the rest of the letter true that there are more kids that could possibly take the throne away from me and then it's neither confirmed nor denied because cersei just smacks him after that it's like well yeah because he calls her like a whore well no he says after he was like tired of you or something yeah tired of like banging you or something like that yeah something to that effect but yeah she smacks him finally but then after that like they both seem like embarrassed and kind of weirded out that that just happened well yeah the whole room just like falls silent yeah that's true they were kind of staring she almost seemed like instantly remorseful too Mm -hmm. like just like oh shit what have i done yeah absolutely like what have you done (laughs) (laughs) they were both like what just happened nobody likes this yeah because then he's like you don't hit me again because it's punishable by death because i'm the king and it's like oh man like this is not good at least he showed her mercy Ugh, at least somebody jeez we'll see how long that lasts i guess um oh so then we go to little fingers brothel where you see roz who is now teaching the sex lessons so she's moved up roz is pretty amazing I like her a lot. You do? I do. And I don't know, maybe it's because, yeah, she's a sex worker, but she also like has some side hustles. You know what I mean? Yeah. She seems to be like really in the know and she knows the right people and she's in bed with the right people. Like, you know that she's got all the dirt and you know she's selling all the dirt. She's an entrepreneur in her own way. I really like her. Yeah, she's definitely positioned herself very well. Um, I didn't like her at first because she was so mean to Theon, but I mean, she's in her element now. She's in a big city. She's moved up in the ranks and this is her lot and she enjoys it. And she's like teaching some new girl about whatever happens there and then these uh soldiers come in and they you know break down the doors and they're looking for something and then they bring out a woman and her baby and it's robert's Uh, daughter i know uh, i know yeah uh, i didn't realize who they were looking for at first i thought they were looking for like a guy that was in there yeah but no they bring out robert's daughter and they kill the baby, and then you find out that they're searching every house for what seems like every child that Robert has fathered, and they're killing all of them. That's the thing with, like, Joffrey. He says one thing, like, he just, he plants this, like, little seed, and it's almost like it, like, just percolates, you know? He's just like, I heard a rumor that my father slept with, like, other people. Mm-hmm. And you don't think anything of it, you just think he's calling his mom, like, yeah. boring in bed or something like that. And then he just goes, like, full fucking exodus on, oh, my God, in King's Landing. Like, it is just, it's brutal. This is one of the hardest, hardest things for me to watch that, and I knew when I saw, like, the summary of this episode before I, like, rewatched it, I was like, oh, God, not that episode. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's just this one little scene. I honestly think it is one of the most brutal scenes in the entire series. Like stabbing babies. Yeah, that that was, yeah, that was, um, I really didn't think they would go that far. But of course, every time I think there's a line, they just 
just jump right over it. And you're like, nope, we're going there. And I'm like, why? Like, why do you have to go there? Nobody's making you go there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just an open field for them to go wherever they want. Yeah, they they take the line and they're like this line, and then they kind of like nudge it over a few feet. They just like, erase it away. Like what line? Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah, so that I feel like it could have been done a different way. At least they didn't show like the penetration of the like knife into the infant bodies. Yeah, like they didn't do anything like that, but it was still it's still brutal. Oh, and I mean, and they were killing like everybody. <laughs> and, like, yeah, any child that, yeah, I couldn't tell if they were being, if they were hunting specific children until they said they were looking for Gendry. Because I just thought they were killing all the kids. Yeah, and it seems like that, but like maybe Robert Baratheon like really got around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I- maybe he like got down with a lot of people. Maybe it is all the kids in King's Landing that are his. Yeah, we don't know. Oh, King's Landing is just like, uh, yeah. Oh, geez. Like just all Baratheons. Yep, a cesspool of Baratheons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're, uh, you see, they're looking for Gendry, and he just left to go to the wall. And the last with thing, Arya. yeah, and he's with Arya, and like that's the end. Like that's all we see, and then oh no, yep. we're worried for Gendry now. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing because there's just all this horrific tragedy going on in King's Landing, and it's just like a freaking like massacre, and there's people being like murdered and babies being stabbed and like you know all this stuff, and then you go to like Arya and Gendry, and they're just <laughs> sitting on the back of a thing in like a meadow, riding down the road, smiling to each other, and it's just uh Yep, just hanging out. Completely unaware of all the horrors that they have left. And that are basically following them because they're both unknowingly wanted people now. Well, yeah, and they like ask like directly, you know, because they're they're torturing the blacksmith guy and saying like, where is he? How will we know it's him? And he says, like, the the bull. Is it a bull? I think it's a bull. I think he said a bull's like, eye. Uh, it's like the helmet that he forged himself. Yeah. And then he, like, slaps down that, like, gorgeous helmet on the cart. And you're just like, oh, shit, it's him. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> oh, that's very clearly him. Yes, obviously. <laughs> like, for sure, these now. It's it's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely him. Yeah, so that that is where the episode ends. Besides the last horrific scene, how do you feel about rewatching it? I felt like this was such an interesting episode. And, you know, upon like talking it through and stuff, you know, I think that this is like the season where the bad bitches come out. You know what I mean? The first season, it's like all about the dudes and like their badassery. And then they like basically all get killed. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have Cersei stepping it up with like her power move on Littlefinger. And you Mm. have like the woman in red, who's like essentially the ringleader of the guy who's like the rightful heir to the throne. Mm -hmm. And then you have Sansa starting to get like sassy with Joffrey even though he's, like, the last person you want to get sassy with. And then you have, like, Daenerys, who, like, now is, like, fucking dragons. (laughs) I really feel like this is, like, the season where the women really start to, like, step up and be like, oh, sorry, you thought the men were the only players in this game? Uh Uh-uh. They just 
I don't know, they're showing up and they're showing out and it's like so good. It's not like the Marvel Endgame mm, girl power No. Thing. I know you know what I'm talking about. I that do. One fucking scene. Uh, I have thoughts about that scene. Ooh, me too. <laughs> when I even thought, I like looked at my husband, I would just like rolled my eyes like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. But anyway, so it's not like that. It's these women are starting to just slowly kind of move in on stuff and start to show that like they're not just you know side pieces here it's very interesting I think it's really fun to see them yeah that's such a good point I didn't put all these women together but you're right the first season uh was you know the season of men and yeah and and then a lot of them keep dying so yeah now Mm -hmm. the women are stepping up and coming into their own and we've got new women new scary scary ass women um yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the ones that have been in the background are now coming into the foreground so okay i'm i mean if that's true i'm excited for the season of women uh because i was so upset with the first couple episodes and how poorly written and shown the women were so i'm excited to see that yeah i just feel like the this episode like after watching it and talking it through and stuff yeah just kind of like came the realization like you know what this is like the episode that shows that like maybe the women do have something to put forth in this story and so it's really cool that it's not just all dudes yeah they're definitely major contributor contributors now so that it seems mm-hmm. it's more equal now so that's exciting yeah well I don't even really care about like the equalness part like I just <laughs> I'm just stating that like before they were just kind of like demure and they're like seen but not heard kind of thing but now they're starting to get a little feisty and it's fun to watch oh yeah definitely definitely fun to watch and I'm excited to to see what happens with all of them because once again I have no idea where this is going except that there's a war so we'll see so um what do you think is the significance of the comet um I don't know because I I mean I kind of agree with Osha in that it's just a comet and everyone's gonna say oh this means something for me and it's important And also because I can't think of anything else that's been so symbolic in the uh, show so far that has led to something like monumental. Um, like yeah. I, so, I mean, this is really the first instance of a huge symbol that is seen by everyone. So I'm not really, I don't know. I don't, I mean, maybe it does mean the dragons are alive now, in which case that's true. I kind of agree with uh, talks. <laughs> right? See, yeah, I'm in the same boat with that you know because like the thing is is they they show the comet so much and you know I think that people do have like different opinions on what the symbolism of the comet is so I was just really interested to hear but I am completely with you that I think it's just it's just the dragons you know it's not like the Lannister red it's not like you know (laughs) it's not for victory yeah it's not for blood or something like that like Obviously, people have stuff to back it up, but I was just kind of curious on what your thoughts were. And um, since I am the season one, episode one guest, I have to ask you, and I'm going to go really gentle here. Okay. I'm going to ask you for three death predictions (gasps) for this season. Oh, okay. Okay. I have to. I can't. No, that's totally (laughs) valid. Um, Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, 
And see, this is it's hard because I have, I know who's going to end up in the last season because of interviews and blah, blah, blah. So I'm trying to think of people yeah. I don't know are at the end. Okay, I think um, the scary-ass witch, Melisandre, is going to die this season because she's new. I think that... Um, who else is there? I want Shay. I mean, you've got like a whole cast to choose. I know, I know. Um, I think that for death or not, I think Shay will disappear in this season. I'm gonna put her down as your second. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's fine. And then um, let's say Bronn with um, the guy with Tyrion. Okay. Yep. Those are. Man, you really went for, like, the big guns there. Oh, yeah, well, smaller characters are harder to remember. Um, well, plus, I mean, you think about, like, and that's kind of the thing is, like, first season really set the tone for that, you know? You thought Ned Stark was, like, the main character okay. of the season, and then they just, like, fucking behead him. Yep. Like, he's gone. Even before the season finale, yeah. Yeah, and the same thing with, like, Daenerys' brother. Yeah. Like, I really, truly thought he was going to be... Oh, and Cal Drogo. Yeah, I like, know. yeah. You had all these main players, and they just, like, wiped him off the board and were like, surprise, bitches. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, air horn. So, People here, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, so I'm glad you went big on that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, going into this, I, everyone's like, oh, anyone that you get attached to dies. I'm like, cool, um, I got this. I'll figure this out. So, yeah, I went for big <laughs> because that's what they do. That's their trend. I kind of feel like your Melisandre prediction is like a hopeful it is. kind of thing. Though. I get Absolutely, that vibe, yes. <laughs> it's kind of the worst. She's weird. I don't like her. I want her to go away. Yeah, she's creepy. She's got like some weird witchy, like not in a good way either no. vibes. Like, she's just, she got some shit going on. Yeah. She does, yeah. Yeah, not a fan. Well, cool. So those are my three death predictions. I'm going to actually send those to you. Okay. And you can look at them. Sweet see if you're right oh yeah yeah i'll, I'll come back to you <laughs> at the end of the season <laughs> uh yeah so i guess that's pretty much it do you want to plug anything like you're a podcast sure yeah so i have a children's podcast it's it's for adults too honestly oh yeah i think more adults than children actually listen to my podcast <laughs> which is kind of funny but it's a dreamful podcast and it's bedtime stories for slumber. And so I read a bunch of like bedtime stories and they're usually uh, 30 to 45 minutes long and they're put to music so that you can fall asleep. They're so great. I love the Peter Pan one. It's I like the music that you used in it a lot. That's my favorite too. I, but I also just love Peter Pan. And uh, people can also find me on Instagram at dreamfulpodcast. Yay! Yes, everyone go listen to that because it's awesome. And it puts you to sleep and it's great. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, well, thank you so much for doing this and talking to me about this show and giving your opinions and helping me make predictions because that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we'll have to have you back. Thank you. Yay. I would love to be back. Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I will be back in a fortnight with a new episode, but be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any. While you're on that page to subscribe, if you guys could write a review or even just tell a friend about the show, that would be really awesome. I mean, everyone has already seen Game of Thrones besides me, so, you know, they, they'd probably like this, alright? You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at, at Pod. 
There's also a Facebook page, Game of Groans Podcast, and the website is www.gameofgroanspod.com. Game of Groans was created, hosted, edited, and produced by Emily Bateman, and the music is by Simon Dom.